Welcome to the College Park Church of Christ Sermon Series Podcast. This sermon was recorded at the College Park Church of Christ in the Conroe Porter area. Join us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thanks for studying the Word of God with us. Thank you so much for being here this evening. Uh, I want to thank the elders for giving me this opportunity to come and uh, go through a portion of God's Word with uh, you. We're continuing our Eight Weeks to a Better Body series, and uh, I'll be doing the practical application of endurance training. So whenever I was presented with this topic, I got pretty excited because one of my favorite forms of exercise is to run. Uh, nothing beats a nice day running on a trail with some shade, some good music in your ear. That's, that's the best form of exercise for me. I, I just really enjoy it. In fact, as part of my research for this topic, I decided to uh, run in a 10K race down in Houston a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I mentioned this to Mario because uh, he was doing the first half of this uh, topic, and uh, he, he thought it was a really cool idea, and I asked him if he'd like to join me in training for this race, and he very politely told me there was no way he was going to do that, but go ahead. Uh, so I did, and don't get me wrong, it was, it was tough for sure, but I enjoyed the race quite a bit. And um, I think in the process, I learned quite a bit about the concept of training yourself to gain endurance and achieve a goal and uh, the benefits of doing so the right way, going the right way about uh, training to uh, achieve these goals. So tonight, I want to look at the idea of spiritual endurance as presented to us in the Bible and practical ways that we can train ourselves to improve it in our lives and for the church body as a whole. All right, so Mario gave us a great sermon on Sunday on the concept of spiritual endurance, so I'll largely be following his outline. So for those of you who weren't there, I'm going to do a very short review. So uh, we went over some definitions of endurance, to endure, to uh, train in endurance. So we looked at these concepts of endurance, specifically within the framework of being able to withstand hardships, withstand stress and tough times, and just being able to keep going despite obstacles or suffering. Everyone here can expect to experience hardships. The Bible makes that clear in several places, and we'll look at a few of those. Uh, But at the bottom line, we're expected to be able to withstand them and keep working towards God's will. We're expected to have that endurance to overcome those things. We look at the concept of training being the process of learning necessary skills to make it possible to endure these hard times. So this makes the important point that endurance is not necessarily something we're born with, but it's something we can grow and develop within ourselves. So after looking at these definitions of endurance and kind of defining what it means for us within the concept of spiritual endurance, what's the purpose of these things? Uh, What's the purpose of learning uh, these uh, training tools? So we have the expectation to gain the spiritual endurance, but what is the purpose in doing so? When I was training for the race that I ran, I I was doing so so that I could achieve certain goals. I wanted to be able to finish the race, preferably finishing the race within a specific time frame, preferably not stopping stopping to walk or having to catch my breath, uh, really preferably without throwing up halfway through. Um, I achieved most of those goals. I'm not going to tell you which ones. Uh, That being said, I knew what to expect in that race. So why train our spiritual endurance? It's so that we can be prepared for everything life's going to throw at us. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 through 13 says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, 
as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. We don't always know what life, we don't always know what this life will throw our, in our way, but we know that hardships will come to us at some point. If we know they're coming, we know that we need to be prepared for when they come. When I was training for that race, I didn't do it on a flat track and just run in circles. Uh, I ran on hills, I ran in grass and dirt, as well as sidewalks and roads, because I didn't know exactly what that track was going to look like on race day. I needed to be prepared for anything. I couldn't be surprised at that first hill I encountered. I had to be prepared for it. And um, it, it was difficult, but I prepared for it since, or I was prepared for those hills since I'd done them before. We can't be surprised at the trials we're going to see in this life. We need to do what we can to prepare ourselves. Uh, not only physically, but spiritually. That's what we're going to be going over. Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 12 through 14 says, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you've learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it. So the first century Christians knew that persecution was coming, but they had their instructions and they had support. They knew that a firm faith would help carry them through that persecution. And part of that faith was learning what they needed to know, training themselves in how to endure and overcome that temptation and continuing in it firmly with a steadfast faith that only comes from being tested. So we want to be prepared for the things that life is going to throw at us. We want to be able to endure those things and be prepared for those things. So, but um, spiritual endurance is not just to be able to prepare for things, it's also to be able to grow through these things. Uh, Romans chapter 5, verses 3 and 4 says, says um, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. So endurance training isn't just about getting through the hard times, it's also about growing through those hard times. When you look at a bodybuilder or a runner or any kind of athlete, they get better by testing themselves, by breaking, breaking themselves down and building themselves back up stronger. Muscles and bones grow and get stronger when they're put under stress, and our spiritual traits work the same way. Enduring suffering produces greater endurance. That gives us a stronger character, and in that we can have a greater hope. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2 says, Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. So we want to be personally growing, but we also um, want to be able to help others grow as well. We need to be ready to preach the word to other people, be willing to reprove, rebuke, and exhort other people. Uh, we should be testing and teaching each other, being ready at all times um, to teach one another in patience and in love. So uh, these are kind of the reasons that we want to increase our spiritual endurance. And so we're going to go over a few different topics within uh, that framework that we're going to be working over. There are specific aspects of spiritual endurance training that we will touch on tonight. We're going to look at tools and skills that we can use and develop in order to increase our spiritual endurance, and we'll try to look at each from multiple perspectives, including that of personal growth, uh, family and relational growth with um, people within our family, our friends, and then growth for the church body as a whole. We're going to touch on the importance of achieving consistency in our training, um, training specific skill sets, and as well as the importance of rest and recovery from that training. And as we go over each topic, I want us to try and think about our own lives and how these things can help us increase our own personal spiritual endurance so that we can increase it as 
an entire church body. So going over the practical application, we want to talk about achieving consistency within this training. Any bodybuilder, runner, swimmer, cyclist, or any other athlete will tell you that to gain endurance and strength, you must be consistent in your training. I've run in races where I trained upwards of five times a week in order to gain the endurance required so that when race day came, I was prepared. In those times, it almost seemed easy to run that race because I was so prepared. I've also run races with absolutely no training and barely finished because I was so out of shape. There's a real difference in how you prepare for something, in, in the training that goes into it. Consistency in our training matters, whether it's physical training or spiritual. The same is true of spiritual endurance. There, may, uh, there are many tools and practices that will help you grow your endurance, but they'll only work if you use them consistently. We should be making it a part of our daily lives to improve those areas for ourselves and the greater church body. Starting off on these tools that we want to develop, uh, we're going to look at prayer. Talking to God on a daily basis can help remind us of his constant presence in our lives and therefore aid in our spiritual endurance with the strength he provides through that connection. James chapter 5, verse 13 says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. We should be talking to God on a daily basis, no matter what is going on in our lives. If we're going through hard times, we should pray to him for strength. If times are good, we should be giving him thanks. Both of these moments can help remind us of his constant presence. The hard times uh, can help us to test and grow our faith, and those good times can help remind us that he will still be there when those times are hard. It can remind us that he's with us in both those mountains and those valleys. Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 and then 11 says, And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. So... On one hand, we want to pray for ourselves. We want to have that close prayer relationship with God, but we also want to pray for our uh, fellow members of Christ's body. Don't just pray for yourselves. Remember you're a part of that team, part of the family, part of the greater body of Christ, and that the other members need your prayers just as much as you need theirs. Pray that the church body gains knowledge and wisdom, strength, and of course endurance to withstand the trials that we have in this life. James chapter 5, verse 16 says, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. So just like we should pray for strength for our fellow brethren, we should also be praying for one another as we go through hard times. One of the biggest lessons I learned while running in that race is that it's a hundred times easier to run in a group than it is to run alone. When you reach the, those hills and your limbs feel like lead, it helps to look to your side and see um, other people not only running alongside you, but running that race with you. You're all doing that together. You're not necessarily competing at that point. You're all in it together. A smile, a fist bump, a positive word can be just the thing to get you over that next hill. And our prayer lives work just the same. It's a lot easier to get through the tough times when we know that our brethren are praying for us to get through. Acts chapter 3, verse 1 says, Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. This is a short verse, but it uh, points out to me that Peter and John were going up to the uh, temple at that hour of prayer. And seemingly, they were going to be praying together. So I, I wanted to point that out. So don't just pray for one another. Pray with one another. This can be a group activity. Sometimes it's a different, it, it's kind of a different feeling to know that someone is praying for you. I got a text from Jerry uh, on my way to church this evening saying that he was praying for me um, 
as I was preparing for this uh, study tonight, and I really appreciated that. That made me feel good inside to know that he was thinking about me. He was going to God with uh, my best intentions in his heart, and um, uh, it, it was a really good feeling. But at the same time, um, it's a different feeling when someone's able to take your hands and drop to their knees with you as you both ask God for strength and endurance to get through those trials of life. Uh, it can be a life-changing feeling. I've felt the difference there before. So uh, I want you to consider not just praying for your brethren, but try praying with your brethren. Get together, go to God in prayer as a group, as, uh, as fellow members of Christ's body. Luke chapter 6, verse 28 says, Bless those who curse you and pray for those who abuse you. So the verse we covered in 2 Timothy chapter 3 reminds us that we will definitely be facing persecution in our lives. And one way to withstand and endure that persecution is to pray on behalf of your persecutors. So remind yourself that they, they are also in need of God's grace. Pray that they would replace that selfishness and hate in their hearts with love and peace and um, to uh, be better for themselves be, and to work towards God's goals uh, themselves. All right, so if we can achieve consistency in our prayer lives, we can increase our spiritual endurance in order to overcome those hard times in our life, lives personally and hard times for the church in general. So that was prayer. We're going to go over uh, studying as well. We want to achieve consistency in our uh, study lives. So going back to the example of the race, whenever you're starting to get into more competitive races, there's a lot of research you can do in order to make yourself better. Lots of runners will study the course that they plan on running in order to see what specific terrain they're going to be dealing with, uh, down to the length and incline of the hills they'll be confronting. Many are going to read articles on how to improve their stride as they run, or they'll look up specific exercises that will strengthen the muscle groups required for efficient and effective running. Uh, one thing that I like to do is watch motivational videos and personal testimonies of people who are attempting the same kind of race that I'm going to be performing in order to get into the right headspace. So that kind of study can improve your performance in athletics, and um, just like studying the Word of God can help improve our spiritual endurance. So Joshua chapter 1, verse 8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. So this verse is telling us to meditate on the word of God so that we will be careful to do it all. The meditation aspect is important. It's not enough just to read it once and be done with it. It helps to you know, chew on it a little bit. Spend time thinking about it and all the different aspects of what we read that we can take away. Um, different ways of looking at a verse uh, in order to make sure that we're really getting uh, the right message. I'm often in awe of the children of this congregation and all of their memory verses, especially my nephews. The amount of scripture that they've memorized is uh, fascinating. They spend time going over those scriptures and learning the word of God and helping to apply it to their lives. And that's just uh, incredible to me. I, I enjoy listening to them go over their memory verses. Uh, I had a college professor once tell us that every chapter of reading that she assigned us, we were supposed to read through it three times. Uh, she said that we were supposed to read it once with our eyes, once with our mind, and one more time with your heart in order to really absorb that material. Now, I very rarely took her up on that. Um, but when it came time for the final exam, I sure wished I had. Memorize, uh, memorizing that information would have helped me. So uh, going back to spiritual endurance and uh, learning to study the Word of God, we want to memorize those scriptures, spend time in those scriptures, meditate on them so that you can do what they're telling you to do.
Acts chapter 17, verse 11 says, They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if those things were so. So in this verse, it's uh, speaking of the Jews in Berea that Paul was preaching to. And it says that they searched the scriptures daily to make sure that what Paul was telling them was indeed correct. And in that practice, they were growing their faith. They had assurance, and that assurance helped them to gain spiritual strength and endurance. So how many of us go home after a Sunday service and go over all the things that the preacher said in order to make sure that it's true? It's just a thought. It's not to say that anyone would purposefully mislead us from the pulpit, but it's not a bad practice to make sure. If nothing else, it helps solidify the lesson that we just learned in our mind. And if on the off chance you do catch something that may not be accurate, you could be saving a brother from teaching something that's false. So taking those lessons that we learn every Sunday, every Wednesday night, uh, and taking it home, going through those scriptures yourself and making sure that what you heard um, is indeed correct and accurate uh, can be a very helpful practice. Colossians chapter 3 verse 16 says the verse showed us... Or, Colossians chapter 3, verse 16 says, the word of Christ, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So this verse is showing us that not only uh, reading out of the Bible or listening to a sermon, that's not the only way that you can absorb the word of God. Our worship can be teaching and edifying us as well as being a way to give thankfulness to God. It says to let the word dwell in us richly, so in abundance, being full of it at the same time, or all, being full of it all the time so that you can use it, so that you can apply it to your life. So it's right there whenever you need it. I would compare it to being uh, fuel for a race. If you don't, want, you don't want to run on an empty stomach, you want to have some good fuel so that you have the energy and the endurance to get through that race without crashing. So fill yourselves with the word of God in as many ways as you can get it. So there's study. And another tool that we can have is accountability. We want to achieve consistency in our accountability. So I'll say it again, that one of the most important lessons I learned while running and training for races is that it is inarguably easier to run in a group, to have other people to run with, to have people with you. You don't feel the fatigue as much and you gain so much motivation from those who run with you. And as Christians, we're working toward growing our spiritual endurance and we have a pre-existing team of people we get to run with who love and care for us and who we can lean on. Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2 says, Brothers, if anyone is caught up in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself lest you too be tempted, but bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. So we should all be working toward increasing our spiritual endurance, and therefore, when one brother stumbles, we need to be ready to catch them, uh, helping them recover with gentleness. The reverse needs to be true as well. If we are ever to stumble in uh, our own lives, our response needs to be to look toward God and our fellow believers who can help support us as we try and regain our feet. This is, this is an avenue that goes both ways. We need to be accountable to the other people in the in Christ's body, and we need to be able to be accountable to those other people. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11 says, Therefore encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. So the purpose of the team is, of course, not only to catch us when we fall, but to build one another up as well. Encourage your church family. Be there for one another in the good times as well as the bad. And, of course, that means you have to be willing to reach out to those people as well. We have a huge resource in the Christian family if only we would be able to reach out and use it. 
All right? It's not always easy to see if people are struggling, and it's not always easy whenever we're struggling to reach out to others for help. So keep up with one another, branch out, talk to people, and do what you can to build up the body as one of its members. So along with achieving consistency in these tools in our lives in order to uh, gain spiritual endurance, uh, we want to look at specific skill sets that we can also train ourselves in. Um, on Sunday, Mario talked a lot about the difference between aerobic and anaerobic uh, training, but I'll skip the specifics and simply say that aerobic is something easy that you can do for a long time, and anaerobic training requires a little more effort to complete. So not all exercise is the same. It has a lot to do with what you practice regularly, what you're already good at, and um, what you may or may not be uh, uh, good at in other areas. That's aerobic versus anaerobic. I'll give you the example that I can run for an hour and a half without stopping, and I'll feel pretty good at the finish line. That sounds really impressive until you hear about how the other day I tried to rake the leaves in my front yard for about 30 minutes, and I thought I was going to have a heart attack. Not all exercise is the same. I was so tired because I was just not used to it. Now, as this pertains to spiritual endurance, I'll say that everyone's aerobic versus anaerobic is going to be different. The things that you're good at, the things that come easy to you is going to be different than your other brethren. Uh, and the things that you find really difficult, the things that you really need to work on is going to be different than your other brethren. But the important part is that both do need to be trained. So let's talk aerobic for a moment, uh, skill tra skills training for your aerobic things, the things that come easy to you. Let's look at 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. It says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. So everyone here has a different skill set, and that's a good thing. We all have our individual strengths, and we need to make sure that we're using them for the betterment of the whole church body. It's important to know what your strengths are and how you can use them and to make sure that you are getting out there and using them. So think about what your strengths are. I've got a short list here. It's definitely not a complete list, but it's something to kind of get you thinking. Uh, we've got some fantastic leaders in this congregation, uh, men who lead their home, uh, women who are able to lead uh, the younger women and kind of show them the way they need to go. We have great elders and deacons who are able to lead this congregation. We have fantastic leaders. Uh, we have some great preachers, too, uh, people who can get up and explain ideas uh, in ways that make sense to people so that they can uh, take it home and apply it to their lives. Um, we have uh, people who are fantastic at praying, who are able to get down and talk to God in ways that um, it's hallowing but also comfortable in the way that they're able to get on that level with God and really talk to them and entreat uh, him and ask for help when they need it and uh, give praise to him in that prayer. We have fantastic singers in this congregation, people who can uh, get up and lead um, a slow song that's really moving and then a song that really gets your blood pumping at the same time. Um, but all, all of those things are kind of the things that happen within the actual service. Outside of that service is just as important. You can get those skills as well. People who are just great at keeping up with who needs to be visited. People on our prayer, uh, people on our prayer list need visitors, and there are people who, without a second thought, can get out there and visit with that person and get them the help that they may or may not need and just really get on that person's level and make that connection. Um, those people are extremely useful. Uh, we have fantastic cooks here, I'm not going to lie. Uh, 
going through the line it does make me sad to be a vegetarian, but um, <laughs> we have great, uh, and that can be a very comforting thing for a visitor to walk into this um, building on a Sunday and know that uh, they're going to get a meal out of coming here and with no expectation to them and it's a good meal and they can sit and talk and have a good time. Uh, that's a very valuable thing to bring to this church. And then think about confrontation as well. Sometimes we need that confrontation. We have people who can get on the same level as someone who's going through a hard time or making some mistakes in their lives and they can kind of communicate that to a person in a way that's not judgmental, that's gentle, that helps that person see the error of their ways, and it can really make a difference in that person's life. So there are people in this congregation that are very good at that form of confrontation, and it's extremely important. So I want us all to think about what are our skill sets, because we all have one. Make sure you're using it for the betterment of Christ's body. So that's the, the idea of the aerobic training, the things that come easy to us. So moving on to anaerobic, the things that don't come as easy to us. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 5, verses 12 through 14. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. But everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he's a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. So not everything comes naturally to us. Sometimes we need that practice to get better at something. When we first moved here and became a part of this congregation, Camille and I, we had that sit-down meeting with the elders to discuss our plans, to discuss our skill sets, and see how we might be able to participate in the congregation. And I told our elders that I was up for pretty much everything uh, within the service. I, I was just not comfortable praying in front of a crowd. Jerry's laughing at me, uh, and he knows why, uh, because uh, that's just something I was never really com comfortable with. It's not something that came easy to me, so I let them know that's just not something I'm really comfortable with, and they said, okay, no problem, and I foolishly thought that meant I would never have to lead prayer in the service. For the next six months, it felt like every time Jerry was in charge of services, I was leading a prayer. Well, eventually, I got better at it. I got more comfortable with it, and now I'm happy to lead prayer anytime it's asked of me. It doesn't fill me with anxiety anymore. It, it, I'm not stumbling over my words nearly as much whenever I'm entreating to God on behalf of the congregation, and that's because uh, I was trained. I got the practice, and I couldn't have done that if uh, Jerry hadn't constantly asked me to do it. Uh, and I thank him for it. And I ask that you be better than me in this case. Uh, I wanted to avoid that opportunity, and Jerry gave it to me anyways. And I suggest that you actively seek those opportunities out to grow your skill sets. If there's something you think that you could get better at, seek out every chance you can to, uh, to practice it. Don't just stick to what you know. You can gain spiritual endurance by expanding your skill set. So let's look at that list again. What's something that you may not be great at but you could get better at it. Seek out those opportunities. Find ways to, um, find ways that you can maybe just lead your family a little bit more, a little bit better, a little bit more effectively. You may not be getting behind the pulpit to preach, but you can teach the word of God to uh, a neighbor, a person at school, a coworker. 
If you're not praying in front of the congregation, maybe you can just get better at praying at home. Have a more disciplined prayer life for yourself. Uh, We have uh, fantastic singers in this congregation. Not all of us are Mary Ann's, but, you know, we try. And uh, we have uh, the singing instruction days where we get out there and we try and we get better. And uh, getting that practice is important. Uh, some of us could use the opportunity to make more visits to people who, who need it. Um, not all of us are great cooks, but it's important to get out there and um, be participating in those church meals. Uh, I know whenever Camille's out of town, I'm at least bringing a bag of chips to the game night. Um, and then confrontation is something that I feel like we could all potentially work on. Maybe some of us don't like confrontation, but we need to be a little better at it in those moments that matters. Maybe some of us are a little too good at confrontation and we could potentially pull back a little bit, but that's, again, that's something that we could work on. All right, so work on expanding that skill set so that we can be better servants of God's will, so that we can um, be a more effective church body. And then rest and recovery. We need to be talking about that as well. So when we talk about increasing physical strength and endurance, we understand that getting enough rest is just as important as the hard work that goes into training the muscles to be able to perform. The rest period is where most of the actual growth happens. When we attempt to increase our spiritual endurance, we cannot discount the importance of rest and recovery. So the working and testing of our spiritual endurance comes from the times of stress and hardship, and therefore recovering from those times is just as important. But what does that look like? I know whenever I got through with uh, training for that race, I would go on three, four, five-mile runs, and I would want to come home and lay on the couch and do nothing. Uh, I I occasionally shirked some responsibilities so that I could just lay there and recover from the rest that I had, but that uh, is not necessarily the right thing, especially whenever we're talking about spiritual endurance, recovering ourselves to increase our spiritual endurance. Let's look at Exodus chapter 20, verses 10 through 11. Uh, This is the establishment of the Sabbath. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So according to uh, Jewish custom and law, they were not allowed to perform work one day out of the week so that they may rest from their labor and give thanks to God. And by Jesus' time, this had become more about following the letter of law than, rather than it being an opportunity to rest from our labor and give thanks to God for what we've been given. Mark chapter 2, verse 27, this is Jesus speaking, and he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Jesus reminds us that the purpose of the Sabbath was to give this opportunity of rest and reflection to man. We should remember that and not forsake this idea of taking time to rest and reflection on our blessings. Now, moving on to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25, I think this makes an important distinction. Uh, Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So it should also be pointed out that for most Jews, that Sabbath, that day of rest, was also their day of worship. That was when they came together with the other members of their tribes and their families and their neighborhoods in order to give thanks to God and to encourage one another. 
Rest from physical training might take place alone on your bed or on your couch in order to recover your strength, but spiritual rest can and should take place in the setting of your uh, Christian brethren, with your Christian brethren, so that we can build one another up and encourage one another as we seek to gain and grow our spiritual endurance. Sometimes it might feel like a chore to get up early on Sunday to be at church, but if we have the right mindset, then attending the services or game nights or ministry opportunities or even meeting in smaller groups with a member of our church family, it can and should feel rejuvenating if we have that right mindset. Make sure that you're recovering from the hardships of life and the testing of your spiritual endurance in the right ways with prayer, with thanksgiving, and within the body of Christ's church. So those are all the thoughts that I had to present for practical applications on how to gain spiritual endurance. And there are many more ways that someone could gain that endurance to overcome hard times and come out stronger on the other side. So I encourage you to take this home and study it for yourselves. If anyone here tonight is struggling with something in their lives and would like to be able to lean on your church family and seek strength from God in prayer, that we ask that you come to the front. And if anyone's been sufficiently taught and would like to join the body of Christ in baptism, we ask that you come to the front as well while we stand and sing. Thanks for joining our sermon series podcast today. For more, check us out on YouTube or come worship with us on Sunday mornings and Wednesday evenings.